Hello, I'm Aaron Kelshiker, Vice Chair of CFA UK's Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. Welcome to the latest episode of CFA UK's In Conversation podcast. This is the show for investment professionals focusing on a whole manner of topics and interesting insights that are affecting our profession today. In this episode, I'll be talking to Baroness Helena Morrissey about the Diversity Project's Safe Space, an initiative focused on providing a safe space for investment professionals to come forward and anonymously share their experiences of poor behavior in our industry. People are social. In order to feel fulfilled, we need to feel listened to, understood, and accepted. Following the recent allegations of misconduct at the Confederation of British Industry, CBI, the Diversity Project has set up a safe space for people to share experiences of poor behavior. These behaviors can include any form of bullying, discrimination, or harassment, including racism, homophobia, disability discrimination, discrimination based on socioeconomic background, as well as sexual harassment. Understanding the extent of the problem is the first step to be able to address problems and build inclusive work cultures. Helena, welcome to the podcast. You founded the Diversity Project in 2016. Would you like to share some background that led you to take the initiative and spearhead diversity, equity, inclusion within financial services? Well, thank you, Aaron. It's a great pleasure to be joining you today. Um, well, as a woman in fund management, I was uh, very aware from a very early stage of my career that um, we didn't have the most inclusive or diverse or equitable um, industry. And although obviously put my head down and uh, worked on my, on my role as a fund manager initially and then as CEO of, of Newton Investment Management for a number of years, it was always very clear to me that um, I would want to do something about that. And uh, my experience certainly at Newton when I joined it um, was right from the get-go that diversity of thought is absolutely critical if we're going to get close to the right answers. Stuart Newton, who founded the firm, had built a whole business and investment process on the idea that no one has a monopoly on great ideas. And that I think is pretty obvious to most people. Um, but I set up 30% Club back in 2010 and we've got more women on boards, all that was great. But in the meantime, I'm afraid the investment industry didn't seem to progress as far or as fast. Um, I became chair of the Investment Association in 2014. And when I took that role, a lot of people said to me, oh, you must sort out the diversity and inclusion in the industry. Um, but we had one or two other things to, to deal with. And so I didn't want, and I didn't want to be a, a one-trick pony. Um, but in my last year as chair, um, and it was an extra year, um, the normal term is two years, and I served three, uh, a number of people approached me, uh, Sarah Bates, who was then chair of St. James Place, uh, Jane Welsh, who was a very senior role at Willis Towers Watson, um, and uh, Alexandra Haggard, who was then at Stanford, um, they said, look, we, we haven't seen any progress. Let's do something about it. So this seemed the moment to seize. And we set up in 2016, as you've already said, uh, the point of the diversity project is not to just address gender in, imbalance, but to actually try to create a whole new generation of talent, diverse in all dimensions, and really to keep uh, modernizing the industry. So we really reflect the clients that we serve. Oh, indeed, and uh, the Diversity Project has made some uh, tremendous inroads with respect to driving um, diversity and inclusion um, far further forward within financial services. Um, I guess with that backdrop, what prompted you and volunteers at the Diversity Project to set up Safe Space? 
To be honest, Aaron, it, it wasn't really a plan. Um, when we had our strategy discussion, we had a strategy day, and this year it was in January, and we we spent quite a lot of time discussing, you know, how to win hearts and minds of those who are still very sceptical, um, perhaps think that diversity and inclusion are just sort of a matter of political correctness and not really related to business uh, results. And we spent time discussing that, came up with this winning hearts and minds project um, and you joined our team thank you um, and we set off in February along the road that we were going to showcase great behaviors poorer behaviors show how it had a real impact on people I've learned that storytelling is much more impactful than you know dry statistics often um, and people don't like being told what to do but if they can feel it if they if something resonates with them if they they have that penny dropping moment when they realize that actually how someone behaves towards another might impact their confidence, how far they can progress. Um, it can change behaviors. And then of course in April, the CBI scandal broke and we suddenly thought, actually, you know, we can't just go forward as if none of this has happened. First of all, we need to check that we don't have similar problems in the investment industry. And I ran the idea past our advisory council. We have a, a sort of C-suite level, most of them are CEOs, um, group of about 30 people who were meeting in April um, and we discussed and agreed that we needed something. It was being called then, it was not a finished discussion. It was a, a start of a discussion really. Um, we talked about an audit of the industry. Um, now that's not within the diversity projects gift. We can't sort of forensically analyze every you know, incident at every company. So we decided to launch something uh, called Safe Space, which would be in addition to firms own reporting mechanisms and a, and a sort of, I suppose, a backstop in many ways, a, an additional mechanism whereby people can come forward and, as you outlined earlier, can share what's happened to them anonymously. Um, and we can signpost them for, to sources of help and perhaps encourage them to report to their firms and then seek to address those behaviours across the industry and, and improve our cultures and make sure those things don't happen again. And, and the truth is, I mean, people talk about culture, um, but there are very, very tangible impacts from it. I mean, so we've talked about the CBI, but also leading financial institutions, investment banks and hedge fund asset managers have been in the headlines of late um, with respect to some of the, the poor and appalling behaviours uh, that have come to light over, over the last few, last several decades. So, Helena, with that backdrop, what are the major goals of Safe Space? And what changes would you like to see come out of the Safe Space initiative for our industry? Well, as you said in the introduction, Aaron, once you understand a problem, you right, that's the only moment when you can actually address it. And I think uh, a, a lot of the reality, all the reality is we absolutely do not know um, the extent and severity of poor behaviours. Um, I think someone who's been around along me, 35 years in total, uh, can certainly recognise that there isn't sort of day by day, everyday sexism and banter and, you know, awful racism that was shared long time ago in the city. That was sort of the way um, things operated. But behind the scenes, more subtle perhaps, um, but equally devastating, people are still experiencing um, poor behaviors. So I, first and foremost, we want to make sure that people feel genuinely that they can come forward and share something that's happened to them in confidence. And whether it's a cathartic thing to do that or whether they need help still, uh, that we can signpost them to appropriate sources of, of assistance. Obviously, the Diversity Project is not an expert 
um, on counselling or anything like that. Uh, so the idea is we, we've collated um, a whole set of different resources. Um, so that's first objective to help people who, who may have suffered uh, poor experiences and not had any resolution or to help them just to offload what they've been through. Secondly, um, obviously the idea is to then um, address any themes, patterns of poor behaviours that come through. For example, we've had several instances reported where people have suffered something at an industry-wide event. So this has not been within their own company. Um, it's usually an after hours, after work event involving lots of companies and somebody has um, harassed them or worse and they're from another company. And those people haven't known where to go to report those instances. So they've come to us, um, would love obviously anybody else who've suffered that to come forward um, if they feel that they would like to do that. And then of course, if we, um, we can help the industry come up with ways to prevent that sort of behaviors happening, um, to mitigate the behaviors, to offer guidance. Uh, obviously we don't want to close down every fun opportunity that people have to socialize, but uh, just, I suppose, to be mindful and to, to help ensure that there's, um, well, hopefully nothing like that happens again, or if it does, it's much less frequent. So uh, the idea is to improve the overall culture um, and also to help firms if a pattern emerges within a particular firm. No, indeed. And um, I mean, I think we, as an industry, and especially within the, the types of settings that you've described, um, you know, there is... Uh, you know, guidance and practical applications of, of how best to use that um, use that judgment. Um, you know, would uh, would also be welcome in uh, in many ways. Um, as we know, stepping forward takes tremendous courage, and people are very concerned about confidentiality in these situations. How does the diversity project ensure confidentiality in disclosing what could potentially be very challenging conversations? Well, first and foremost, we're not demanding that people share their names. Even This is not a naming and shaming exercise. Um, if people want to name a firm um, or uh, describe circumstances that might identify them, then obviously that's up to them. But there's not requirement. Um, we had been suggesting that people provide an email address, but we've now, as, as a sort of requirement, but we've now changed that so that we've asking people to provide an email if they want to follow up from us. Um, so again, it's entirely confidential. Um, their, their stories also will only be shared. Well, initially it was with two people, myself and somebody else, so that I didn't, if I missed something, um, we didn't fall over, but we've had some concern expressed. Um, and so now going forward, um, it's, and it hasn't been changed yet, but it, it would be just me. Um, and I then anonymize any examples that are shared. I have a spreadsheet where they're case one, case two. I'm very careful just to, you know, it's a type of incident, whether it's a sexual harassment, racist, um, et cetera. Um, and, and what, you know, very brief description of what's happened and whether it was resolved and whether there's any follow-up learnings from it. So um, really, I don't think we can do, do more. And I hope that people would be, uh, and I understand sometimes it takes a bit of, as you say, courage. It also um, you might want to wait and there's no pressure on a timing sense. We're going to keep safe space open indefinitely. It came up as a reaction to CBI and OD asset management and so forth, but now it's going to be there, you know, permanently for anyone to report anything in the future. So please don't feel time pressured. Um, and you could perhaps just watch and see that uh, people's confidentiality is respected. 
So knowing that it's really a, a, a sort of um, a driver for change within our industry over over a, a longer time horizon, what do you hope will be the long term legacy of the Safe Space Initiative? I think we're the only industry to be offering such a thing at present. I'm very happy to be corrected on that. So um, that's just my understanding. I think that's a very positive thing for the industry. We've not been at the sort of forefront of things when it's come to diversity and inclusion and perhaps behaviours as well. So the idea that we're doing this, I think, in itself, a positive for the industry. And I hope that everyone, including people who are working perhaps in HR or involved um, perhaps in, in reviewing internally reported instances, start to see this as very positive, that it would help prevent terrible headlines and things getting out of control and things being unresolved. I do think um, that the legacy ideally would be that we won't need a safe space anymore because people will genuinely feel um, safe and respected. I am realistic though. I've been, as I say, working in the industry for a long, long time and in society, these things happen. Um, so we've got to be, uh, to just be aware that obviously it takes a long time um, for, for attitudes to change. And I would love this to help speed us up in terms of creating those inclusive workplaces and after work environments. So people really feel that they can uh, be valued, respected and build their careers here. So safe spaces, it really provides a, a tremendous resource uh, and a safety net for, for, um, for our fellow uh, financial services uh, industry professionals. Um, how can CFA UK podcast listeners get involved? What can we do to support this initiative? So there's a couple of things. I mean, obviously, if you have um, experienced poor behaviours yourself, uh, we are suggesting that people keep them within the last five years because we're conscious of what's happened. You know, things have been changed. Um, but perhaps today we want to know what the behaviours are today. So if you have experienced something that is adverse, and it doesn't have to be a major, I mean, some of the headlines are very um, grisly and <laughs> some very dramatic, terrible things. Um, but they may be more... Um, microaggressions is not an expression I particularly like it does seem to demean the uh, impact that poor behaviors can have but but this is for reporting as you said at the outset Aaron uh, anything around the isms or discrimination or bullying um, mental health issues that haven't been dealt with properly so if you need to report something please go onto our website diversityproject.com and it'll guide you right the way through to the form it's quick and easy and as I say you don't have to fill out many details if any about yourself actually now um secondly please pass on uh, the news about this being available because i know there are people um who really have found it valuable who are hoping that this will make a big impact on the industry and who may need to report something to as it were get it off their chest um and to move on and perhaps to have some counseling or help in other ways so please if you know of anybody or just pass it along to your people in your own firm uh, we have stories on LinkedIn use social media if you could spread the word I'd be immensely grateful so thank you Helena for taking the time to speak to me about safe space and also for all of your contributions within uh, our industry and driving diversity equity and inclusion um, thank you for sharing about how we can get involved uh, as members of the financial services profession and uh, look forward to um, a time when we won't need um, a safe space uh, initiative and that, you know, diversity and inclusion is something that is willingly and very openly embraced within our industry. Um, so more information on the safe space can be found at the Diversity Project website, uh, where there's a micro site. 
Um, I'd also like to thank you for listening. Remember to look out for further episodes of our In Conversation podcast through the usual CFA UK email and social media channels. You can also subscribe through CFA UK SoundCloud channel and Apple and or Apple podcasts. Thanks very much. Thank you.